Welcome to the Caris Christian Center podcast. I don't believe there's any better place to practice and learn how to effectively minister to people than um, in the beginning, when you're first getting started in, in learning how to pray for people, minister to people, than a prayer line. I mean, it'll put you to a place where um, well, you could have one call after the other with all the way from, well, today I believe that um, James ministered to someone that was suicidal and was falling back up with them. And you can go from that to salvation, to the baptism of the Holy Spirit, just minister in a wide variety of areas. And so it's good for the body of Christ. Um, in fact, I'll say this, you know what? We're all ministers because that word isn't talking about a place or a position or a title. That's talking about a servant. That's talking about a friend of Jesus. That's talking about the fact that, um, man, we, we all have Jesus, his presence, the kingdom of God dwelling with us on the inside of us, and he can work in us and he can work through us. And the Holy Spirit will be our teacher. And praise God, the Holy Spirit makes us look really good ministering to other people. Praise God, because it's about Jesus, it's not about our flesh. Aye. So I would encourage you, if you have that opportunity, to take advantage of that opportunity because, um, man, it just, um, I've had, I can, well, in our person, I can remember the people coming in that, um, just, well, the thought of ministering someone to suicidal just overwhelmed them. They just felt like they were completely ineffective at ministering in, in that area. But, you know, it's amazing. You just put yourself at a place where you have to depend upon the Holy Spirit. And you start focusing on the Word of God in the areas. The Holy Spirit will be your teacher. He'll open up truth to you. And it's just powerful what will happen because it's Jesus. He works in us and through us, as I said earlier. Praise God. So I'd encourage you in that area. I'm going to give some teaching away here real quick. Um, there's more on the table. In fact, I'll mention this concerning the teaching that um, just um, it's our gift to you. You can go to our website at um, www.clpmi.org, and you can download any of our teachings for free. So praise God. Of course, the things that we have physically here, then um, we pay people to do things there, so there's a charge for these. But, um, but you can download even these very books or even our albums and teachings there as well. So this one is um, How to Receive Healing from God. And this is about 10 hours of teaching. So how many, um, well, someone that's here that um, yeah, this would be a blessing to you or somebody you know, I'll give it away. So here, Damien, if you mind helping me, brother, thank you. And, and this book is titled The Issues of the Heart. And um, in this book, is really talking about um, the areas. Here, I'll just go ahead and give you this, brother. The, the issues that can bind us up in life, the, the circumstances of life that, um, um, well, can be an issue on the inside that um, where you've gone beyond the actual facts of what happens in situations, move into the area of speculation, the area where, um, where our problems have a dominion over us because we've reached out and taken a hold of them according to what we believe about them. And so, there, man, there's freedom that Jesus provided in that area as well. And I'll give these two away. These are single teachings here. And um, that is actually, uh, I shouldn't say teaching, those are scriptures. And it's healing scriptures. And somebody that just wants to meditate on the Word of God in the area of healing, in fact, uh, I believe it was James Lacey that compiled the scriptures to put it together in that area. So, um, I don't believe that'll minister. He's ministered to many people. The book on the area of healing, on, on receiving from God, we've got teaching on the table having to, to do with um, how to minister. Because um, as a minister, I, 
answered so many people's questions, of course, over the years in a wide variety of areas, but I've discovered that in the body of Christ, there's a lot of people that have taken more time, had more opportunity to pray for others. And so they've taken the time to establish their hearts and have confidence when it comes to releasing the life of Christ. And of course, as ministers, we, um, we have a tendency to do that, to get into the Word for the benefit of others. But receiving the book on how to receive from God is a benefit as well for your life. In fact, um, sometimes a lot of ministers to people that have told me this. They've said, I don't have any trouble receiving from God. I had this one man tell me there's just about four or five different major areas or different types of physical problems in his life and how you received. And he just had his confidence. It just doesn't, you know, it's not a struggle for him when it comes to receiving a manifestation of healing. And there are people whose hearts are established that way, but I've discovered in the body of Christ that more people have taken the time to learn how to minister to others than to take the time to learn how to receive for themselves. And so you can spend more time in the Word and, you know, for others and really not take the time for yourself. And I believe Andrew is a minister that is an example in that area of a person and a minister that um, both, I mean... When it comes to receiving and when it comes to ministering and healing, his heart is well established in that area. So both, you know that book when I mentioned that it's 10 hours of teaching, it'll give you many insights when it comes to receiving. And so I've had um, one year where I had, I think it's something like maybe four or five pastors that year all tell me that um, they've heard the different types of teaching I have in there, but never heard it the way in which I minister it. So the intent is to make receiving so simple that it takes away the complication. But sometimes receiving from God is difficult. I talk about it in the book because as humans, our hearts are established to receive how one human helps another human. And when it comes to our physical body, if since we've been children, we've been either dealing with physical issues or have even dealt with little minor things. Maybe when you were a child or something, you got a little boo-boo and you went to your mom and she, you know, she put a Band-Aid or something on it and made it a little better. You know, your heart immediately begins to get established and trained on how one human helps another human when it comes to receiving. And, you know, the danger is, especially for people who have gone to many doctors and got many help with many different physical problems throughout their lifetime, you know, your heart gets established when it comes to receiving based upon the fact that you've got a problem. And when that happens, then receiving becomes about you. It's not about Jesus, even though you may want him to do something for you, because within your heart, you're focused on yourself. The same way, in fact, many times when our hearts are established in that type of condition, we have a relationship with the problem. Our problems within our body in such a way that um, we see ourselves not yet having something and needing something. And when it comes to a human helping you, that's exactly the way it works. And that's the way it's supposed to work in the natural realm. But when it comes to receiving from your Heavenly Father, it's not about us, it's for us. It's about Jesus Christ. It's about the cross. It's about what the Father's accomplished through the Son. And so when it comes to receiving from Him, we're receiving something that we already have because the moment you came into relationship with God through Jesus Christ, your body became the temple of the Holy Spirit, 1 Corinthians 3.16. And we have the presence of God, we have the kingdom of God dwelling within us on the inside of us. And so we're complete in Christ, in our spirit. We actually are, uh, lack nothing. All of our needs, Philippians chapter 4, has been met in Christ Jesus. We're not supposed to be needy people in relationship to the challenges of life. We're supposed to relate to our human body different than unbelievers do. 
They only have themselves. They have to depend upon the arm of the flesh, their own ability, their own wisdom, their own understanding. But we've got Jesus. And we've got the life of Christ dwelling on the inside of us. But you see, it all depends upon the condition of our heart because if our identity is established in ourself in the relationship to our problems, then we'll make receiving about us. We may limit Jesus in our life. We may want him to do something for us and it's because we see ourselves not having something instead of learning to receive from a place of freedom. Boy, learning to receive from a place where the problem belongs to him. This is foundational truth. Matthew 8, 17 is an example. Jesus, he took our infirmities as spoken by the prophet of old. He bore our sickness. He took it. He bore it. It belongs to him. The same way our sin belongs to him. He took it at the cross. And so when it comes to coming in a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, it's about Jesus. And that's the way we receive every other single thing where it's about Jesus. It's about the cross. It's not about us. It's for us. Uh, there's a lot more I can say on that subject, but there's just a lot more teaching in that book. And so I encourage you to consider the book. Praise God. You know, tonight I'm, I'm even going to start on something a little different than the area of healing because, you know, we're coming up on uh, Christmas time. A lot of us going to be spending time, of course, with family members. Some of them may not be believers. And, of course, the days in which we live in, the things that we're seeing taking place within our culture, within this country, then worldwide. You know, my wife and I, we've ministered now in 35 different nations. And we've been in every state in the United States. In fact, we just got back just, just the other day. Um, from traveling with, through about uh, four or five different states. And so that's very much a part of what traveling is a part of what the Lord does through us. In fact, this next year, and um, let's see, we'll be in, um, well, well, we'll be here around the United States and several different places, and then also overseas doing conferences coming up in April and May and, and such. And then we also have an opportunity that um, kind of messes with some people's heads, like to go to Hawaii and minister. It's like, yeah, it's one of those places you fast and pray and go, yeah, it's God. <laughs> yeah, in about one minute. So, or maybe one second. But um, no, just seriously, though, we've been, my wife and I, we've been there before over, uh, let's see, about 30 years ago. And um, look, there's a lot of cult there. They have the same need that many other places around the United States. And so, um, praise God. So I believe that uh, it's going to be good what the Lord accomplishes. And it'll just be a blessing be able to go to Hawaii as well. So we've got a lot before us as a ministry. I encourage you that, that um, also to consider partnering with us. We've got some partnership packets that are out there. And so you, if you want to be a part of what the Lord's doing through us, then grab one of these. They're out there on the table. But tonight I want to begin by, uh, in fact, I'm going to begin in uh, Luke's gospel and then also touch on Matthew's gospel here, talking about just the day we begin, uh, the day we're in now. Because Jesus said it this way, in uh, Luke chapter 17 and verse 26, he said, as it was in the days of Noah, so it will be also in the days of the Son of Man. They all ate, they drank, they married, had wives, they were given in marriage until the day of Noah. Enter the ark. And the flood came and destroyed them all. Likewise, as it was also in the, um, in the days of Lot, they ate, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they built. But on the day that Lot went out of Sodom and it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all, even so it will be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. You know, in Matthew's Gospel, it says this in verse 36 of Matthew chapter 24, but the day and the hour no one knows, 
but Jesus wanted to say, but only my Father knows the time of his returning. In fact, verse 44 says, therefore, you also be ready for the Son of Man has come in an hour that you do not expect. You know, as I'm beginning tonight, I want to begin to, to share just something that the Lord has spoken to me. In fact, back in the beginning of our marriage, back in 1985, I had an experience. For, for me, it was a new experience at that time in my life to hear the voice of the Lord with such, an, in, well, in the manner in which He was speaking to me, because every morning I woke up, the first thing I heard heard. You know, when you're just waking up right before you collect your thoughts or you put your thoughts on, on something of the day, I mean, the very first thing, as soon as my conscious mind came to and was waking up, I heard and Jesus spoke to me. He said, coming back soon. Now, that was over 30 years ago. You know, the timing of the Lord, No, you know, it's possible that it could be our lifetime. In fact, um, you look at some of the things that we're seeing today, just within our culture, within the earth. I mean, we're seeing a lot of things concerning Israel, concerning the promises and the Word of God, many things fulfilled. But I had the Lord speak to me for two weeks. He said the same thing. He said, I'm coming back soon. You know, at that time, that was a new experience. Time passed about somewhere around three weeks, and I, my heart hardened, and I began to doubt and wonder within me, did, did I really hear that? And then that next morning, the Lord was merciful, graceful towards me. I mean, he spoke the same thing. As soon as I woke up, he said the same thing again. He said, I'm coming back soon. And so, I, boy, I've kept that as fresh. Because I said to this, you know, there's times you can just write things to the table of your heart. And I said this and I, to myself. I said, I did hear from God. And that was God. And I've kept it just as fresh from that day to this day. And the return of the Lord and the fact that he's coming. In fact, this last year, I had a dream from the Lord. And um, boy, if you know what the scripture says concerning the area of, of um, dreams, then, um, you know, well, all the way from, well, the book of Acts, all the way back from the book of Joel from, uh, up to the book of Acts, um, same quotation where it says that um, um, young men have visions, old men have dreams. So I guess I've gotten to be an old man because I had a dream from the Lord. So praise God. My, my. You know why old man gets dreams, don't you? Because we're always falling asleep. It's like, <laughs> no, that's just humor. <laughs> I'm just joking. But anyway. <laughs> but, uh, but I had a dream from the Lord. And, um, you know, about his return. And we were out, my wife and I were out ministering and in some particular church, and I can remember we physically changed wham just like that. And I can, and boy, I just remember that as we were just going up, I remember looking over at one point at my wife and just the joy, just the smile and the, the joys on her face. But within my heart, there was a concern for a particular individual that was within my heart. And so I believe, you know, with the season coming up, this is a time to reach out, reach out to your loved ones. To reach out to, um, well, unbelievers, and I'll, and I'll say this, that when it comes to reaching out, you know, it's one thing to try to witness to someone. I believe one of the most powerful things you can do is just reveal the true nature and character of God to people. A testimony of the faithfulness of God in your life. You know, a testimony is just something that, you know, it just leaves the devil powerless because you know, it's an experience that you had with God that is real. And I just encourage you, you know, as you get together and um, with family members and different people that, um, man, because you see, there was a concern within my heart for a family member. 
And so immediately I knew that that was within me. And if you remember the story, of course, going all the way back to the time of um, which I mentioned Lot and Lot's wife, there was something within her heart, and it's possible that it could have been the loved ones that were left behind, her children that were possibly married to other people that were left behind. That was within her heart because of the fire and brimstone. So whatever would turn your heart around, your heart's like a guidance system. It determines the direction, the focus, which way you go in life because it's your heart. And so it's beneficial to resolve the issues of heart because even Jesus said to watch because the Son of Man is coming in an hour that you did not expect. You know, it's beneficial just to be ready, just to be in a relationship with the Lord. But it's a good time as we're coming together, especially for the days in which we live in. You know, the days that we're living in right now, I'll just give you some insight. If you haven't already seen it for yourselves, man, there's fear. There is fear in the hearts of unbelievers. There's fear, deep-rooted fear sometimes. Maybe they're not fearful, full of fear, but there's this sense deep down on the inside because if you look at our culture, you look at the day we're living in, there's not a security in other words, a financial security. I mean, there's, and then a worldwide security in the area of safety, even. I mean, look at the potential chance of all well, the wars and rumors wars and things that are going on and, and, you know, and just the potential of conflict and things. I mean, there's a lot of things in a lot of people's hearts that con- worry people, that concern people. And there's roots of fear, not, well, there's a fear concerning the future really not knowing. Man, this is an excellent time to reveal Jesus. Because, you see, he is a prince of peace. It's good time to reveal the love of God to people and just to reach people with the kind of insight where you don't have to challenge them on the issues of the day. You don't have to argue with someone over politics. You just reveal Jesus. And In fact, while I'm thinking about that, I'm thinking of a couple of friends that... Um, they're strong in their hearts and revelation grace, conservative within their hearts. But you see, before they came into relationship with God, the Jesus Christ, they were liberals. In fact, they were so liberal that their perspective of Christians is that they are weird. And that's what they used to think. But you see, you could try to argue with someone and have a mental argument and just try to reach them through reasoning and never reach a person at the level of the heart. I tell you what brings change is that transformation that comes or renewing the mind because when you come, someone comes into relation with God through Jesus Christ in that born-again experience, your body becomes a temple of the Holy Spirit and there is a change. There, you're now a new creation, as 2 Corinthians chapter 5 tells us. You're a new creation in Christ. I tell you, it's powerful just to reveal Jesus. It's powerful just to share things in a way that just diffuses instead of trying to argue, instead of trying to to push someone or convince someone. You reach someone at the level of the heart to the point that they're with you instead of conflict to where it's just an argument because even if you win the argument, you don't win their heart. My, it reminds me of an old story that I heard about two Christians and, boy, this one, um, excuse me, one Christian, an unbeliever, and the Christian, man, he really diligently studied and kept coming back and answering every single conflict, every single question, every single argument they were having having between the two of them. And once he finally won every single argument, he, the guy said, okay. He said, now you're ready to receive Jesus. He said, no. Because it's of the heart. Salvation is of the heart. 
Man, it's believing from the heart. It's not of the intellect. It's not about just winning an argument. Man, it's reaching people. In Genesis chapter 11 and, and verse chapter 6, excuse me, in verse 11, it says that, and I'm just going to, for the sake of time, just, uh, just hit a few, highlight a few of these scriptures. It says, the earth was depraved and prudent in God's sight, and the land was filled with violence, degradation, infringement, outrage, assault, and lust for power. And verse 12 says, And God looked upon the world and saw how degraded, debased, and vicious it was, for all humanity had corrupted their way upon the earth and lost their true direction. You know, when you look at each of these words, we're seeing this fulfilled today, even within our culture. I mean, one of the things we see within our culture is people in positions of authority, in positions politically, in positions of power, and there is a lust within their heart for control. There's a lust for power. Instead of a humility of heart. In fact, it's a little difficult to find people who have a true humility of heart when it comes to being in a position of leadership. You know, and what motivates their heart is this lust for power, the things within them, and the things we're seeing today, the violence. I mean, when you look at these words, you know, like as an example of infringement, it has to do with limiting or undermining something. I mean, we're seeing that today, even in the area of our Constitution and those that are wanting to undermine for the potential possibility of course of control. De uh, desecration, the action of desecrating something, you know, like, for instance, a statue of grave. And we're seeing many things when it comes to identity and wanting to take away the foundation, of course, in these areas. I mean, these are the things that we're seeing. But again, when it comes to reaching people, it's more about who you are in him and what you have on the inside and reaching people that level the heart than it is dealing with directly with the issues and just trying to win an argument, as I said before, revealing the very goodness of God. You know, Matthew 5, 16 tells us to make your light shine so that others will see the good that you do and will praise your Father in heaven. Just revealing the goodness of God because light, Jesus said we're a light set on a hill. We've got his very presence. I mean, it reminds me of a little old lady that uh, in my life that um, was uh, instrumental in the beginning of my Christian walk, but she shared a testimony with me about looking out at the people when she got up to share a short testimony, and she was normally never in front of people. But when she went to look out at the people to share a testimony, God opened her spiritual eyes, and she got to see what believers look like to, from God's perspective. And every single person there lit up. They were just light, the light and life of Christ on the inside of every single person. And one of the things she told me was this. It didn't matter what they physically looked like because of the presence of the Lord on the inside of them. It made every single person look beautiful. And just that impact upon what she was seeing, she spoke without consciously realizing what she was saying. And they never began to laugh. But she said, you all look so beautiful. And they didn't understand what she was seeing. They just thought she was being humorous or something. But you see, we carry his presence. The light and life of Christ is on the inside of us. And there is a difference. In fact, when you start to believe and begin to identify with your position and who you are in Christ and who he is in you, look, there's suddenly a place in your heart where it's not about what you're trying to do for the Lord. You come into a place with a dependency where you're learning to let him work through you. You know, you'll see a lot more powerful things happen where all of a sudden people will just begin to experience the presence of the Lord. 
Because it's like your flesh is out of the way. It's not what you're trying to do for him. He works in us and he works through us. We carry his very presence every place we go. It's beneficial for our heart to be consciously aware of Jesus, the relationship we have with the Lord, instead of looking at ourselves and putting our focus on ourselves in the arm of the flesh and what we're trying to accomplish in a situation to where instead we rely upon him to where we limit Jesus if it's about us. But instead, there's just this place of freedom. It's like you're walking on water. In other words, you're at a place where you're not in control because water cannot hold your weight. You're at a place where you're depending more on him than yourself. I think that's a fun place with the Holy Ghost. It's just where powerful things happen, wonderful things happen. The things that can fly out of your mouth by the Spirit of God when the Holy Spirit's working in you, working through you, Man, it's just wonderful. It'll minister. It'll just it suddenly just give something to someone that someone needs. And you may not know what's the issue of the heart, but he does. Man, God knows them better than we do. Man, he knows all things. Praise God. But you see, the ability of people to see good, the light dwells on the inside. Matthew's Gospel, chapter 6, verse 22 says, Your eyes are like a window for your body. When they are good, you have all the light you need. But when your eyes are, are bad, everything is dark. If the light inside of you is dark, you surely are in the dark. Look, we've got light, but the condition for our heart, where are we depending? We've got the light and life of Christ dwelling inside of us. But if you consume your heart with yourself from a human perspective, now look, you might limit Jesus in situations where, man, instead you're putting your focus on him. There's an expectation of good because of the goodness of God. And you're so open for what he's going to do in you and through you when it comes to other people and the wisdom of, the, of the God and what can flow through you. In fact, you know, when I was looking at this area of um, just the day and times that we live in, just the little bit I shared with you earlier, you know, Luke's Gospel, chapter 1, verse 50, really kind of gives some insight that, um, you know, we can identify with today as well. Because in verse 50 it says, and speaking about this is uh, Mary, and it's just part of her song of praise and how it's recorded in the Scriptures. But in verse 50 it says, He always shows mercy to anyone who worships Him. The Lord has used His powerful arm to scatter those who are proud. Verse 52 says this, He drags strong rulers from their thrones and puts humble people in places of power. We're talking about, of course, a heart of humility, what a person is on the inside. And when it comes to a heart of humility, then we're not talking about this outward appearance of humility where it looks like somebody was beat with a wet noodle, where you're just looking like you're humble. No, it's a heart of humility towards the Lord. And when there's a heart of humility, then Really, we're talking about an identity that's established in Him where your self-worth comes from Jesus instead of ourself and what we try to accomplish in the arm of the flesh because of the reality is that He just lets us be a part of what He's doing in the earth because it's about Him. It's not about us. And it's about all that God has accomplished through Him. But you see, He drags strong rulers from their thrones and puts humble people in their places of power. I mean, that was a mindset within the hearts of the people even in their day. I mean, if you remember who was the ruler of the day, and it wasn't very nice, Herod. Look, there's been a lot in history, a lot of evil rulers that have a lust for power. And they're going to keep that power for no matter what. But you see, if we focus on the problems, then we'll become a part of the problem. But we put our focus on Jesus, and you don't have to be a part of the problem. You're part of the solution. Because the reality is this, we need to reach people for Jesus. 
And we need to be free. free. In fact, one of the things that I want to talk about tonight is just this area of freedom. And I haven't got enough time to go into the depth I'd like to, but I'm going to t- touch on it. And then I've got more teaching on the table in this area that will benefit you. But, but, but I want to talk about this area of fear, the area of anxiety, because of the days that we're in. One of the things that when it comes to us as believers that makes us different than unbelievers is that we process through the challenges of life. We process through the problems and the circumstances and the, and the situations and the things that come against us. We're all humans. We all live on this planet. We all face the challenges. We all have different types of problems and circumstances of life that challenge us. Some minor, some major, different times. You know, Nobody wants the problems, but sometimes things come not has nothing to do with us. Sometimes it, it does have to do with the choices and decisions we make or the issues that, that are within our heart. But the reality is this, of course. Freedom is found in Christ, and the reality is we find our life in Him. And for believers, what makes us different, again, in this area of life than unbelievers is that we process through, we cast our cares, we cast the anxiety upon the Lord. We don't cast the problem in the context of ignoring that there's an issue, but we get free of the anxiety because you don't want to live with anxiety because if you live with anxiety as a way of life, in fact, the circumstances, the situations of life, if you allow them to dominate to the point that that's where your focus is at, that's the only place you're looking, and you're standing controlled trying to resolve the issues of life in the arm of the flesh, your own ability, then you're going to limit Jesus. Because we'll reach out and take a hold of the very things that's bringing pain and hurt into our life. In other words, producing something on the inside of us. And when I say that, we don't get rid of the problems in the context of enduring there's a problem because as Christians, we want to be free of the anxiety because anxieties are in me. When it comes to the problem, we want to be able to hear his voice, do what he says, get his results. John 10, 27, my sheep know my voice. We can get answers for anything. But if our heart is dominated by the circumstances of life, if we, if we live life like an unbeliever do to the point that we walk in anxiety, and anxiety is a way of life because we've been through so much in life. Look, it's beneficial for your heart to begin to take these scriptures and begin to establish this truth within your heart as a way of life in Christ so that you can begin to walk in more and more and more freedom as the Holy Spirit reveals these truths to you. And you begin to take on the identity of these truths and become these truths to the point that you just, well, without even thinking because the Word has come alive on the inside. It's just a way of life in Christ. You just do it. You're a doer of the word, not because you're trying to do something. It comes out of your heart because the Holy Spirit has been your teacher. Ephesians 1.18 says, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened. He turns on the light. He reveals truth. And when we're in that process of truth being revealed to us, then we're taking on the identity of that truth. We're becoming that truth that's revealed to us, the Holy Spirit. And that is a process. It takes time for the word to be completely fully established over a period of time to the point that more and more understanding, not just information and knowledge, but knowledge becomes understanding for the benefit of our heart. And the more understanding we receive by the Holy Spirit, then the more understanding he can give us because we must have God's perspective. In the process of receiving God's perspective, we lose a human perspective. But if we hold on to our human perspective and close off our ears by hardening our heart to the Lord, then we'll limit Jesus in our life. Now he won't change how he relates to us. He loves us. He'll never change towards us. It just changes the way we relate to him. That's all. We just limit him. That's all. My. So, but I'm going to touch on here verse 5 
in verse Peter chapter 5, verse 5, because you see, it begins this area of introducing the area of submission. Likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to the elder. Yes, all of you be submissive one to another and be clothed with humility, for God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. Now, he's not expounding on this because the people already understand what he's saying. They already understand the subject about what he's talking about. So he's referencing this subject of submission and he uses the different examples to bring them somewhere as he's sharing. Likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to the elders. All of us can understand that, but that doesn't have to do with anything with control and manipulation because that's not the way our Heavenly Father relates to us. He's not a controller. He's not a manipulator. He's a God of love. Submission has to do, well, the next example, yes, all of you be clothed to one another and be clothed with humility. In other words, if it was about someone telling us what to do all the time in the context of controlling, and kind of like in our history, the shepherd movement, if you know the bit of Christian history there, where it got involved in the body of Christ, where you had to get, let someone tell you what to do all the time in different areas of life. Look, you've got Jesus. You follow him. As ministers, we don't control people. God doesn't relate to us through manipulation and control because he's love. It does require a response from our heart, a heart of submission towards him. Because, you see, if you trust him more than you trust yourself, if that's been proven to your heart, if the faithfulness of God has been proven to your heart, if you know his love for you, and you have a revelation of his love, look, it's easy to yield your heart to someone that loves you it's just hard to open up your heart to someone that goes stomp, stomp, stomp. But when it comes to this area of submission, he's introducing it because, you see, the Scripture says God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. When it says he resists the proud, it has nothing to do with an attitude towards us. It's just the fact that God's given us all things in the Son at the cross and receiving about Jesus, and he can't bless our flesh. If receiving about us then that not about Jesus, then that would be us getting the glory. We could, go, we could sit back and say, look what my faith did. Or look what my faith accomplished. Instead of faith being the ability of your heart to trust God and have confidence in him because of the cross, because of Jesus, because we're receiving what's already been given to us. And our faith is in him. Our faith isn't in us trying to make him do something for us. But you see, when you understand relationally here, God resists the proud the proud always speaks about, well, it's about me. I'll make it about me. And let me tell you, as unbelievers and coming into the body of Christ and becoming saved in our Christian walk, look, we've had a lifetime of our life being about us. And when it comes to change and transformation, and you see an area for change, look, there's no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. Romans chapter 8, verse 1, you don't have to feel bad about anything because he is our righteousness. Praise God. It's what he accomplished for us. It's not, it's not about Change isn't about us in the context of, you know, being good, good, being bad in the arm of the flesh where we take it unto ourselves, our self-worth unto ourselves. No, our self-worth is established in Jesus and what he accomplished for us at the cross. And when we have that established within our heart, you know what? This transformation, the new in the mind that Romans 12, 2 is talking about, boy, that process comes a lot simpler and a lot easier because we feel worthy because he made us worthy. Our self-worth isn't established in how good and how bad we are. It's established in his goodness towards us. Man, you get a revelation of the goodness of God and his love towards us, it will change us towards him. It gives us confidence towards him. But God gives grace to the humble. See, grace is what has been accomplished through Jesus Christ. And it's an able ability. It's everything that belongs to you in him. But the proudest when it's all about us. 
But grace is when it's all about Jesus. It, that makes it really simple because humility is from the heart. It's a heart of humility inwardly towards the Lord to where we're not exalting ourselves and our own beliefs and the way we see things from a human perspective. Instead, we're obtaining God's perspective as the Word of God is opening up to us by the Holy Spirit. And we're in that process of being conformed to the image of Christ. Truth being revealed to us is found in Him. The scripture in verse 6 says this, Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that He may exalt you in due time. Do you realize everything I'm sharing with you right now comes before casting your cares upon the Lord in 1 Peter 5, 7? I mean, many times we tell people about 1 Peter 5, 7, look, you need to cast the care, cast the anxiety upon the Lord. But if you really want to successfully cast the anxiety, you need the understanding of the previous scriptures before this. Because you see, we could hold on to the problem according to what we believe about it. But this area of submission of heart means we're beginning to trust in Him instead of trusting in ourselves. And it says, therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. The mighty hand of God is a Jewish form of terminology that in their day and time they wouldn't understand. You can see it in the Old Covenant. It's about experiencing the presence of God, the help of the Holy Spirit, in other words. You're experiencing God. You're experiencing Him in this process of your heart changing. In other words, it's not about you trying to change yourself in the arm of the flesh, which is really, really hard, impossible. But the easy is in Him, in Christ, to where suddenly we're out of the way. And He works in us, perfects that which concerns us. But experiencing, therefore humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. It means when you're experiencing the help of the Holy Spirit, don't keep, keep going back to how you see it. Don't keep just bringing back unbelief, which is uh, beliefs established from a human perspective to where you keep coming back with the judgments of, you, of your own heart and how you see things. Instead, just come to the place of humility. Come to the place where it's like, you know what, Lord? Uh-uh. I'm just going to give it to you, but I'm going to put my trust in you and open my heart to listen to you because, Holy Spirit, you're a spirit of truth. You have what I need. And when you speak to me, I'm going to put your voice at a place of prominence over my voice. My, this is what we're talking with the heart of humility. It's, but until you get a revelation of this area to where it's like, you know what? I need his voice. I need his help. It's not about me trying to change myself. I need the Holy Spirit, and he knows what I don't know. Because you see, when the Holy Spirit speaks, it's the same as the Father and the Son. They're one. He is always doing the will of the Father and doing the will of the Son because they're one. They don't work independently against each other. You can trust the Holy Spirit. You know, I've said this before. I don't know if I've said it here or not, but I want to encourage each of you. Have you established a relationship with the Holy Spirit? And what I mean by that is this. Have you established a way of relating to Him? Because it's a benefit to your heart to already establish your heart at a place where when he speaks, you automatically value his voice. You automatically humble your heart. You automatically just listen and treat his words like gold. Man, if you haven't done that, but you just want him to do something for you, then the danger is you'll just hold on to your own human perspective because sometimes life's problems are not small problems. Sometimes life's problems are the type of challenging circumstances of life that are just, in the, well, they're just dominating our heart and how we believe. And it's a serious problem, not somebody else's problem. It's like it's our problem. 
And so when it's challenging us then and the circumstances are before us and the situations, it's easy sometimes to have a hold of the problem according to what you believe about it because you see you're established a relationship with the problem. That's what unbelief is, is beliefs established from a human perspective to where you've established a relationship with the problem. And that's why sometimes it seems that there are problems. It's like they got power. It's like they won't go away. You know, because we have a hold of them. That's why they've got a hold of us. You see, it's humbling your heart and letting go, taking hold of the truth of the Word of God, but that truth coming alive by the Holy Spirit, where it's not just something we, you know, we choose to believe, but we need His help to see it from, his, see it from God's perspective. We need the help of the Holy Spirit. The change that comes in this area it's not about us changing ourselves in the arm of the flesh and our own human strength. Man, I can tell you what, you can trust him. Dude, when you have an experience with the Holy Spirit like what I'm talking about right now, it will make your heart grateful towards the Lord. Because it's like, wow, that's much easier, much better. That's good. What he speaks and what he shows to us, I tell you, you do what he says, you'll get his results. There's a way of life in Christ. And his results are good. Praise God. You'll love it. It'll prove something to your heart. And if you haven't had this type of experience, let me encourage you just to believe for it. Just set your heart to believe. Make it simple. Don't make it complicated. Just believe for it. You're a believer. We'll call believers long before we call Christians. Maybe just believe for it because it'll prove something to your heart. And you'll really come to appreciate the Holy Spirit. You'll really come to value Him. You'll really appreciate the relationship we have with Him because He's there. It's Jesus. Man, the Lord can speak to you through the Spirit of Christ. It's a good thing. But you see, experiencing the mighty hand of God, he'll exalt you in due time. At this point, it says casting all your care upon him. Do you know that if you experience the help of the Holy Spirit in relationship to the issues of life, it gets easy to cast not the problem, the anxiety of the problem. It's the anxiety that's our enemy. You see, Christians that live with anxiety as a way of life, then all of a sudden, it's just like out of the blue, so to speak, fear. Suddenly something happens in life, and the heart becomes fearful. And it just seems like, wow, just suddenly what happened? This just suddenly happened to me. I never was a fearful person before, but it's just like now, constantly dealing with fear, constantly dealing with issues of fear. No, what they didn't realize was the condition of their heart. Anxiety was a way of life for a long time, but they were just like, well, the heart was hardened. And they never realized, never realized that, well, sometimes you just get used to living with our problems. You get used to living under the weight of the circumstances of life to the point that you don't, you know, we just don't really know what freedom looks like. Mm, we just think that's the norm. Until wham, fear gets established within the heart. And then suddenly you're dealing with fear to the point of being fearful to some degree, full of fear. In other words, fear from the Hebrew language means there's an expectation of bad, but you won't good. You don't want bad. You want good. But there's an expectation of bad on the inside. But you want good. But your heart's like a conflict going on the inside where we're, we're twice hearted as, as, as uh, James tells us. In other words, double-minded it says from the King James. But it's talking about from the original language twice hearted. In other words, we've got two different ways of believing back and forth on the inside and we're battling because of the circumstances. We're, we're trying to trust God. But, but the problems, we'll keep, the problems just seem like they're in our face. Because they've, they're in our heart. My. And at this level, in other words, the way God created us, our body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. We have everything we need in our spirit. But part of your heart is the area of the soul, the mind, the will, the emotions. And if our emotions 
are a reflection of the dominating issues of unbelief, then we feel the problem. And a person talking to you is on the outside. That problem's on the inside. If you feel it emotionally, inwardly on the inside of you, and they're trying to talk to you, maybe minister the Word of God, maybe they're taking the first scripture and try to reach you with that truth. But you see, you feel it. You feel it, and their words are like external but your emotions are on the inside. This is the benefit of the help of the Holy Spirit. In fact, let me say it this way. The same anointing that will heal you physically, the Lord will heal your heart. Man, I'll minister that tonight for those of you that come up for prayer and such. And if there's some of these issues we're talking about to where it just seems like they've had a dominating influence, the Holy Spirit will set you free tonight. And I've ministered to many people in this area. I've released peace to people, and they feel that peace is going right down through their bodies. Man, you can release what you have been given. We have the Prince of Peace living on the inside of us. Praise God. My, there's help. There's help for the Holy Spirit. You don't have to try to live for God. You can let Jesus live his life through you. It's much easier living life with a dependency upon him than you trying to live for him. It's hard to live for God. It, that's, a, that's our own strength. Man, I'll tell you what, the Christian walk is not supposed to be hard because it's not supposed to be about us. It's about Jesus. It's about the cross. It's about what he accomplished for us. We're learning to get out of the way. Learn to depend more upon him where things get easier. That'll mess with our heads. Because, you see, in life, we learn to work hard. And if you work hard, then you accomplish something. That's the way things work in the natural realm. But you look, all things have been freely given to you in Christ Jesus, and you've got his presence, but you also part of your heart on the inside of you, the area of the soul, the mind, the will, the emotions. You're dominating thoughts based upon the issues that are coming out of the heart from a human perspective. The mind, the will, the emotions. That's where our will, we end up making decisions, making choices that get us into trouble because we make decisions from a human perspective instead of my sheep know my voice, getting God's direction and then making a decision where we get the benefits of all of the promises, the benefits of the goodness of God, all that Jesus has provided for us at the cross. I mean, he suffered terribly. He took, Galatians 3.13, he took every bit of the bad that belonged to us, and he gave us what didn't belong to us. He gave us his goodness. He took the curse. We're blessed. We're in a very, very powerful position. But that's why you don't want to limit Jesus because, you see, we choose Jesus over ourselves. God doesn't have robots. It's a relationship of love. You have a free will to choose. That's why I encourage you to choose Jesus over yourself. And there's a place of freedom. There's a place of life. There's a place where we experience the goodness of God in the land of the living now where you, you, get, you experience his, his ways. You get his results. Praise God. Well, the rapture has come and my time is up. So thank you. <laughs> thank you for listening to the Karis Christian Center podcast. If you would like to receive prayer, product, or more information about the ministry, go to www.karischristiancenter.com or call us at 719-418-4000.